0: Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. It's the holiday season, which means shoppers are flocking to the stores online and off, and brands are having some of the busiest times of their year with regard to their marketing calendars. And yet, it's always important to be mindful of those less fortunate, and to ensure part of the holiday season is spent contributing towards efforts supporting them. In that spirit, today's guest is Kathryn Davis, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at Feeding America. Feeding America is the second largest charity in the U.S. which, through its network of food banks, meal programs, and the generosity of its donors, feeds over 46 million people at risk of hunger in the U.S. I invite you to listen in as today we chat about the great work Feeding America does all year round beyond the holiday season as well as how being human as a facet of marketing applies especially when the end goal is a cause rather than consumption. I think you'll find her insight really compelling. Prior to Feeding America, Kathy held leadership roles at various creative agencies overseeing world-class for-profit brands like McDonald's, eSurance, Discover, Calvin Klein, and many more. Pay attention especially to the section of our conversation in which we talk about how marketing tactics might or might not, change when it comes to being authentic, regardless of the end goal. In any case, it's a real privilege to be able to share this conversation with you today, and I hope it compels you to consider contributing to such a fantastic cause. With that, and without further ado, this is the CMO of Feeding America, Kathy Davis. All right, so I'm here with Kathy Davis, Chief Marketing and Communications Officer for Feeding America. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today.
1: Oh, happy to be here. Happy Thanksgiving.
0: Yes, and happy Thanksgiving to you as well. As we start to enter the uh, the sort of big finish of the year, the holiday season. You know, I know we're both we're both planning our 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 separate things, and it's it's certainly exciting, and I'm sure a, a, a certainly exciting and very important time for the work that. That Feeding America is doing. I imagine that the holiday season has to be one of your the sort of the larger, the larger parts of your year.
1: I think it's a large part of everyone's year from a nonprofit standpoint, but I think particularly because we're Feeding America and we're very focused on on food and what it means to people. The Thanksgiving holiday is particularly relevant for us.
0: I've seen that you've done some great things, like over-the-top messaging, but also uh, getting uh, getting regular people involved. You know, people who can contribute. People who, you know, you're pulling. Authentic stories from from around the world and from around the country uh, to this extremely important cause, and so I'm especially grateful to have you on our show today. Not only because that's currently what you sit at the helm of, but also because you've seen a lot of the other side with incredible experience at uh, several for-profit companies, as well as being president of your own media agency. And it leaves me wondering because uh, as we talk on this show about the concept of authentic influence, that being getting your consumers, perhaps donors, uh, directly involved into your branding and message to be as authentic as possible in the way you position yourself. Uh, I'm curious, um, let's start just briefly before your time at Feeding America, talking about your role's leading uh, creative efforts for some of the largest organizations out there, whether having been president of your own media agency, doing work and leading relationships with McDonald's and insurance and Diageo and Discover Card. when it comes to being authentic and getting the, the person involved, uh, how has that played a part, you know, in building your experience for Feeding America in furthering those messages?
1: Sure. I think it's always important to be authentic. And, you know, it's funny that that's become kind of a brand concept, but I think that people who consume products, I hate to call them consumers, but I guess, I guess we all are, have always wanted to really understand what a product is. Is about and where it comes from. And I think because a lot of products, particularly a lot of the products that I've worked on, like credit cards and alcoholic beverages, it's very much a reflection of you and who you are. And so it makes it a little bit different than um, a bowl of cereal or toothpaste. Although I truly believe most relationships with brands are based on highly emotional, highly personal points of view. But I think. People talk about it a lot more, but I think it's always been critically important. So the story behind Johnny Walker, for example, and and where he came from and the core essence of the brand is a direct reflection on the people who drink it. And um, I think that that is even more pronounced um, when you talk about... Um, Issues and issue-based marketing because um, you you aren't really selling a product. You're talking about an issue that needs to be solved in society. So a a bit different, but I think authenticity becomes even more important because people people don't respond to numbers, right, or to populations. People respond to people. The thing that I always say internally is is be a human. Right, I think that sometimes people um, people like to to overcomplicate things, to um, to use verbiage that isn't necessarily going to make sense. And being human and talking about authentic stories, I think, is critically important.
0: I would agree, and I was just reading, actually, something that, that you had distributed out on, on LinkedIn and Twitter, but it ultimately comes from a new study that came out from Forrester, I believe they spoke about it at the Forbes CMO conference, that uh, shows that if a brand is perceived as human, people are just over two times more likely to love that brand. And you know, I've certainly experienced that in, in, in the advertising and marketing that I have seen as a consumer or a potential donor. But I'm curious for you now that you have moved into the nonprofit space over the last few years. To what extent is is being human? And, and I think I know the answer, but I want to get your thoughts. How's that especially important for you in how you position, uh, you know, the cause and for Feeding America?
1: Well, I think so. One of the the most surprising things for me when I got to Feeding America when I started to talk to um, to people about the issue of hunger when I talked to to the people in the public. And we actually chose to talk to people who donated to other causes, were on their kids' PTA. So so these are very kind-hearted people. And what we found is that a lot of people actually blame the people who are hungry for being hungry. And there are a lot of biases and misconceptions out there. Um, stereotypically, people think about people who are hungry as people who um, are homeless. And while there are definitely hungry homeless people, The bulk of people who um, don't have enough to eat are working. In fact, 53% of the people we serve are working, sometimes two and three jobs. So, and they're trying to support their families, they're trying to do what they need to do. So, there's been an incredible amount of bias and misperception. And it's important to get out of numbers and statistics and talking about populations like um, even families and start talking about real people, because people ultimately connect with other people, not with a number. Numbers are kind of overwhelming.
0: That makes complete sense, and when you, when you talk about you know, uh, like as you said before, being human and people responding to people, um, I think that makes I think that makes a ton of sense. And you know, the as much as you can include them, I would imagine, uh, in your messaging, the better. I'm uh, curious, you know, perhaps for somebody who is, uh, perhaps not a direct beneficiary of Feeding America, but for somebody who is a potential donor, the way you think about you know, marketing to to them and including the story, how does the inclusion of the audience, uh, you know, change when we talk about furthering a cause and having a cause and, and a donation being the end goal, as opposed to, say, traditional consumption? Uh, I know you've seen both sides, and and so I'm curious from, from sort of a branding and a business perspective, how, how does that change for you?
1: Well, I think there's been a lot of research done that for brands and just in general, that people respond better to stories. If you, if you have people listen to something for 15 minutes, most of what they remember is the story. They don't remember the facts or the figures or some of the awful PowerPoints that all of us have done from time to time. They remember something that that is meaningful to them. So I think that construct works across the board, but particularly when you're talking about what is happening to people and likely people in your kid's school or that You may run into on a day-to-day basis. One of the reasons that we tell stories and and the reason that I think it's so important for the issue of hunger is we want to start to empower the people that are hungry because there's a lot of guilt about it. You know, moms and dads feel bad that they can't provide for their kids. People don't necessarily like to admit that they're hungry, which is just it's shattering, right? And it's wrong. If you think about all the other things that we've started to talk about. In a, more, um, in a more open way, if you think about mental health and Prince Harry and and some of the other things, people still don't talk about hunger that way. And so I think it's empowering for them. And I think hopefully it starts to remove the guilt and sometimes the shame of being hungry, which people just shouldn't face. I mean, the fact of the matter is the difference between being hungry and being not hungry for someone could be Two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars. It's one car repair, and so that's all it takes, right? Most people aren't in the situation because they want to be in that situation.
0: I, uh, you know, and that that's a stunning statistic to to think about. Um, where you know, it's it's not for for people who are not experiencing that struggle. You can really start to see how how. Low the barrier is to helping somebody who is struggling that way, and um, you know I think that really that really brings the light that that reference that you just made or that that comparison just sort of it, it left me double taking for a second. That's why I was silent there for a moment. Um,
1: it's kind of it's kind of scary, right? And you think about when you were younger and you didn't have any money, a car repair was a big deal, and you know you have people that end up having to trade off between utilities or rent or or food and. One of the interesting things to me was, you know, when, as we start to enter the snow season, unfortunately, is when there's a big snowstorm. for a lot of us, it's like, yeah, snow day, I don't need to go to work or I can work from home. This is great. But for a lot of people, that means they can't get to work and they don't get paid, which means they don't eat. Right. So it's just a very different, um, reality.
0: Yeah. And, and being able to, being able to, um, to spread a message that gets people to sort of bridge that gap for those who are struggling is is I would think absolutely critical. And and it has me it has me wondering, um, maybe some, some recent examples that come to mind for you, what are some ways in, in which you are you know, leveraging those stories in, in your messaging to to further the cause? I've seen I've seen a few, of course, from, from what I've seen across your social and also some work that I've seen um, specifically with, with influencers and micro-influencers uh, who have been uh, raising money for Feeding America, believe it or not, um, through- Oh, that's but, good. <laughs> yeah, I, well, and I encourage you, it's, it's funny, I'm uh, going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, listeners. There is a food um, influencer on, on YouTube, his name's Eric. And uh, and anyway, his big shtick is that um, he's sort of in that competitive eating world, and yep. uh, it's it's not so much oh, speed; gosh. it's more of a vol. Oh yeah, he can do like you know so he can just take in an insane amount, and and so it's from an entertainment factor, it's certainly interesting to watch. But earlier this year, he he did a sort of a tour where he toured a bunch of restaurant challenges, you know, like Man vs. Food used to be, yeah. Uh, and so he went around, and and every every stop of the way, he was he was making donations to feeding America along the way. And this is somebody this, this person's story is like they came back from from eating disorders, and now are you know they're now they're incredibly into fitness. And yeah, they do this for entertainment purposes, but they they are incredibly focused on, uh, well on on that issue of hunger. And so, um, but I'm curious. And so maybe that's a little tidbit. Maybe go check that out. But I yeah uh, I will yeah. Um, but I'm curious. From uh, from sort of your messaging, uh, some recent examples of how you've directly been able to, to inject stories of those who have either been a beneficiary or those who have donated into Feeding America um, to to further amplify their voice and, and further the cause in that way.
1: Right. So we um, we actually do a lot of storytelling. One of the things that we we did this summer that I was really proud of was we partnered with StoryCorps. And we went back to Houston to talk to people who had lived through that disaster and tried to bring to life for people not only what happened to them, but how they felt about it. And what you heard them say was how tough it was for the the dad not to be able to provide for his family because he's not used to that. And you heard the way people kind of come together. It was one person talking to another. So a father to a son or a a mom. And um, it was so lovely because they had overcome adversity and we play a huge role in disasters. We stage food. um, As we know that hurricanes are coming, we make sure that we get it to them. And then we're on the ground six months after, because for a lot of these, not just Puerto Rico, which is going to take a long time to recover, but in Houston and in California for the fires, it is going to take a long time to recover. So, we wanted to tell those stories and make people aware of that.
0: I can imagine that, and 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 you see that's something I was so focused on the holiday season, and I'm not even I'm not even considering what the impact of traumatic events and disasters can have. You know, and uh, and and I imagine that, um, you know, for folks who might even have been able to to get by, and maybe have had those. $250, $500, you know, something like that can completely wipe, sort of wipe all of that out. And so, um, that's that's an interesting point, too. That's something that's it's amazing. A couple times here, I'm having double takes is because, like, I don't, I'm not even fully understanding the breadth of, like, how the mission can impact everybody, probably even more people than I think it can.
1: Well, we feed 46 million people every year, through the 200 food banks that are in our network and the 60,000 then points of distribution it's it it's kind of breathtaking you know you talked about the fact that i came from a for profit background before feeding america which i did and when i heard about it I couldn't believe that there were forty-one at that point million hungry people in the United States. I mean, you think about hunger, but you don't think that there are that many people who are hungry in the United States, which is is why I came here. So, yeah. And every time you peel the onion a little bit further, um, you realize that it's really tough out there. So it's nice to be able to help.
0: It's a good segue. Now that we're fully in the holiday season, I, I, you know, I know this is a big time for for everybody. How can we help? I mean what 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 can we do uh, currently um you know what's something specific that you're that you're hoping that 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 we go out there and do in this holiday season to help to help in that cause to get to help get that forty-six million number down?
1: So there are so many ways to help. People aren't really aware of this issue. So sharing a story, um, they're on Facebook, they're on our website at feedingamerica.org, um, they're on Twitter, they're on Instagram, but sharing a story with your friends, having a conversation at the dinner table. And instead of maybe a controversial conversation, given that families come together, right? Everybody agrees that no one should go hungry. Um, Being able to donate if you have the means to do that, volunteering. I mean, there are so many different ways to be able to help the issue that is probably going to take us decades to solve.
0: Well, um, I'll, pl- I'll place a, a number of, of links in our in our show description for listeners who are listening in as to how you can how you can help out. Um, but Kathy, I wanted to I wanted to sort of finish out our, our conversation through through asking some advice on behalf of, of those who are perhaps uh, looking to spread their own messages, uh, whether that be towards consumption or calls, but at the end of the day, who have an interest in building up a rich, uh, a rich bank, I guess, of, of storytelling and, and generally, being authentic. I'm curious as to what advice you might give a marketer who is who's looking to build that authentic influence through becoming more people-centric in their messaging. Uh, how can they start down that path? I mean, whether the end goal is to get those people to consume or to care, uh, how can they start down the path of doing that?
1: So I think talking to your customers or to the people, if you're an issue, the people that you're trying to to help, right? If you're a for-profit, talking to your customers. I was at the Forbes CMO conference last week, and and I was really struck by the number of marketers who were talking about about how they had solved customer problems, whether that was Cisco or or um, Adobe, right? And so I think really starting to get into it. I think digging into your roots. Um, the CMO of Cisco talked about the fact that that their logo was founded on was based on the San Francisco Bridge, which I had absolutely no idea of. And once I looked at it, I realized that that was a bridge. But then started focusing their whole campaign on building bridges and telling stories of how their customers they had helped build bridges for their customers. There are. Um, there are so many ways to do that. Um, but I think you just have to start and, um, see how well it works.
0: Well, you heard it from one of the, one of the greatest minds out there, folks on, on how to be <laughs> uh, more authentic and and from, from a unique knowledge, I think of both sides, um, you know, of, of seeing sort of nonprofit and for-profit. I, you know, I was especially excited to have you on today and, um, Folks, you know, fe- feeding America—it's very important right now during this, but all—but all year long, uh, you know, th- this is an issue that uh, is, can can be turned around, and though it may take decades in some cases, as Kathy here has noted, it's an important—it's uh, an important issue for us all to help to tackle. Uh, for now, uh, Kathy, thank you so much for for your for your input and how uh, you thank all you. are uh, integrating storytelling here, and uh, it was great to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you. Nice to be here.
0: Thanks so much again to Katherine Davis for joining us on the podcast today. I'll leave all relevant links to her and the mission of Feeding America down in the show notes. And as I said in the intro, please do consider contributing to this noble cause and help support those in need during this holiday season. And thanks so much to you for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. I'll be back again just before year end with a brief year in review and outlook for how we might anticipate user-generated content to grow in 2019. Until then, I've been your host Adam Connor for Authentic Influence, and as always, you'll hear from me again next time.